Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Relate365.com here at Silver Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. And it's the dead of winter, which we always say, but uh, it's fun because it's a time just to enjoy the season. You know what? The sun is shining, though, and the dead of winter right now is pretty. Oh, it's very pretty. Yeah. When you get a sun shining like it is and it's glistening off the snow. Well, and I would I would say that here... In general, we have kind of a, a niche right. where it's pretty majority of the year. Right. You know, there's probably maybe a month where it's not pretty. And that's when all the leaves fall off the trees. And if it and rains yeah. and it gets mucky before the snow falls, then it's not so much. Yeah. But yeah. apart from that, I'd say it's a, you know. Why does your generation call it a niche when my generation calls it a niche? Because it has a certain genesis. Yeah. Okay. Just wondering. I know what you just said. Like your, just, just like thinking. your generation called it Target, and we called it Target. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking. Wait a minute. I use that word, but I don't pronounce it like that. It, it's because you're hep, or hip, or am I hip and you're hep? We're hip and hep. Hepity hippity. There we go. So I don't know. I'm. I'm just. <laughs> Sometimes I'm amused because we say the same thing. We say it differently. Yeah. Um, however. But that's two different generations for you. It is. And I'm sure the next generation after me doesn't even say it. And the goal is in communication is to understand. I understand what you said. I just immediately think, oh, that's amusing. Yeah. And at least you I, did I, understand what I said. I did. Because um, there's... <laughs> but I'm not going to say niche. Sometimes there's things that, the that young people say now. And I say young people as if I'm not a young person. But the generation after me, you know, as I work yeah, with the I high know. schoolers that come up, they say stuff. I'm like... Huh? Well, don't they abbreviate everything? It, yeah. I mean, there's videos you can look up on YouTube where, where people make fun of like how they talk. Um, so when somebody says, uh, what's up, boomer, what are they saying? Well, that's like saying what's up. Okay. Just they threw boomer in there to yeah. make sure that I knew my age. You know, so like- I know say, my age. Oh, that was lit. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, literature. Know. I took that in college. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> If you say that's lit, I'm I'm thinking Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, so be quote careful. the Raven evermore. That's right. <laughs> Do you know this is this? I grew up in Chicago, Chicago Public School. I had one English teacher that we could get every day if we wanted to to quote the Raven, the poem by memory. Really? While balancing on two legs of a chair. <laughs> Was that just to make it more exciting? You know, I don't know. But by the end of the class, we we had him put the chair on his desk. And balance on it and quote the poem. Wow. So that just shows you the power of suggestion of young people back in the 70s. We were able to get our professor, our teacher, to do that in Chicago Public School. Wow. And all of us thought it was rather amusing, you know, that a teacher would quote the Raven every day if you asked him to. And then he would balance and do things while he did it, like juggle or, or, or do that and still quote the Raven. So. And you quickly learned that that was a great way. To waste time. To yes. waste time so you didn't have to work. Yeah, See, absolutely. Young people all think the same way. Yeah, you just got to get creative. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I remember doing that with prof like professors or teachers. Like You knew that there was one topic or thing that they would get excited about talking about. So you'd always try to like, Right. Draw it in, bring it in, so right. that like class would be easy for the day. Yeah, I I hear you. That's... But then there was the professors that did it, and then if they didn't get what they wanted to get done in class, they'd just assign it to his homework, and so yeah. <laughs> then it was a catch twenty two. So your your sons, your son goes to school, right? Yeah. Do both of them go yet? Uh no, just one. Okay. Yeah. Now, obviously, do they give them grades? Uh kind of. They like rate 
different activities, like a one to four. Okay. So they get some kind of grade. Some sort of grade or assessment, yeah. Do they get graded in the school that your kid is in? I mean, down the road? Or oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. What are you going to tell them? How important are grades? Uh, I, I don't really care about what the letters. Okay. I'm just wondering how you as a parent are going to deal with, the, you know, a grade. No. Uh, I'm an old teacher. Yeah. So I had to deal with grades all the time. Yeah. Well, I think grades vary so much. I mean, for, for one that, I mean, the system is so skewed when it comes to grades. Right. Because it's all subjective. You're right about that. And so it's really, I want him to do his best. Right. You know, and I want him to learn. And so if he comes home with an F, we'll, we'll talk about it and see why, you know, it's not about the F, it's about, well, why... Why is it like that? Is it because you don't yeah. enjoy it? Is it because, you know, you're not learning, you know, and, and try to go at the core of it. At least that's as I look forward, you know. Do you blame the teacher for that? Um, It depends on the situation. Okay. It could be, but it could not be. Yeah. Well, as an old teacher, here's what I would say. Come in and talk to me. Right. You know, if your child gets a grade that you don't like, don't blame me. Right. Come in and ask. Right. You know, what is happening here and what, what can we do to change the outcome? Now you've got me on the same page as yeah. you because I also don't want to give a bad grade and I would like to change the outcome. So if you just approach me in a way that's approachable, I'm going to um, do everything I can to, to see if we can help your child. You know what my dad used to make me do? I might have said this before, but if I got a grade that wasn't acceptable to him, he would look at it and say, okay, Dave, you know, why'd you get that? And of course I said, I don't know. I do everything I'm supposed to. Yeah. So no clue. Mm -hmm. He goes, okay, then here's the, here's what you have to do. And you will tell me tomorrow how it worked. Yeah. In other words, you're going to do this then. Mm -hmm. You're going to go to the teacher and you're going to ask the teacher a question. You're going to say, I am not satisfied with this grade. It doesn't reflect what I would like to have in this course. What do I need to do in order to change it? Yeah. I want you to go ask the teacher that and come back and tell me what they say. Mm -hmm. That was a very good approach, by the way. Yeah. Because it did a couple things. First of all, it put the responsibility on me. Yeah. Secondly, it was relational. Go ask the teacher. They're there to help you. I want you to learn that that's what teachers are there for. They're not there just to be grumpy people behind a desk to throw grades out. Right. They actually are they're supposed to teach you. So go ask them. Uh, not only that, it's going to put you on the radar screen. The teacher's going to know that you want to learn. And so they're going to go out of their way to help you learn because you've asked for it. And, you know, he was absolutely right. Whenever I did that, my grades went up and I did fine. And I would suggest the same to parents today. If your child comes home and they're, they're confused by something, mm -hmm. don't run in and, and solve the confusion yourself first. Ask them to solve it. And then keep on them. And, if you know, I'm not saying that all teachers are going to be easy to figure out mm -hmm. uh, because they're all different just like students are but if you give them the chance to go and say i want to acknowledge to you teacher that you actually want what's good for me and i'm not doing well yeah so would you help me that's really a good position to be in yeah for a kid mm -hmm. and uh, and i look back on that as a very very sound way to work so anyone that's got kids out there that are struggling in school that's my suggestion to you and obviously, if you haven't done it and your child's in ninth grade, they're going to have a hard time starting uh, doing it that way. But yeah. I would start from the very beginning, letting them know. Uh, you know what else I would do if, if I had a child in school? What's that? I would make sure they knew that teachers were all going to be different and that's okay. Yeah. 
you know, not every teacher is going to be somebody you actually like their style. Mm-hmm. So you can come home and say, I don't like their style, and I still want you to learn from them. Right. So your question as a student is, how, what, do I, what do you need to do to actually learn from this personality? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to be so far ahead of the game if you learn that young? Yeah. Because you're going to have all kinds of teachers. By the time, if you go to college, if you're going to go to high school, oh, yeah. you are going to have all kinds of teachers. And so um, you really want to get with the idea that the learning part, that's up to me. Yeah. The style part, I understand. Uh, especially when you have a teacher that will not consider, I think, introverts and extroverts. Because mm. you, if you have an, do you have, do you know what your kids are yet? Introverted, extroverted? Uh, it's hard to tell in, in that environment. Okay. You know, it is. But if it, it, just because they're still kind of young, they don't. I mean, we don't necessarily see them in around their peers yet much. Yeah. Well, as a teacher, I'm real sensitive to that. If I call on somebody and I see that they're so nervous and they, they have a hard time answering, yeah. even though I know they, they're pretty bright, I realize you're introverted and I just put you on the spot. Yeah. And so I won't do that again. Um, but some teachers actually don't work that way. They'll just call on anybody. They'll call on anybody. And, and they actually think that if you can't answer, that's a weakness and they got to train you how to do it. So they keep calling on you. Right. Um, those are times where I think healthy discussions between mom and dad and, and child are pretty good. They need to understand their personality and live within it and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And they need to realize, okay, um, if you put me on the spot, teacher, I am going to go uh, brain dead. Yeah. Okay, let, let's talk to them about that being somewhat normal uh, for people with that personality. Because if you would ask me the question, let me answer it tomorrow, I would come up with it calmly and rationally and everything be cool that's an introverted personality Mm -hmm. if you love being asked the questions and you just wing it you're probably an extrovert Mm -hmm. and uh i would sit in the front row you know if i were i I put somewhere where the teacher gets to see it because you're gonna you're gonna love interacting you know in class and teachers need to know you're the one to talk to sure um i always like that as a teacher if somebody comes and i know they're an extrovert it's like, man, sit right. I have a seat in my classrooms. <laughs> and, and I think, sit there. It's a leather recliner. Yeah, no, no. It's like, sit there because when I want to pick on somebody, yeah, you're it. And if you actually, and, and I use the word pick on, but if I'm going to put somebody in a situation, yeah. there are personalities that love it. Oh, yeah. So those are the ones I want to use. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know what happens? The whole classroom relaxes. And so if you're a teacher listening, please be, be sensitive to that. If you're a parent listening, be sensitive to it and realize personalities are different. Your child is not um, developmentally challenged if they're introverted. They're really not. Mm-hmm. They just need a day to think about it. Yeah. And so let them understand that's the issue. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, they can feel okay about it and realize. And you can even have them go talk to the teacher and say, you know what? I love answering questions, but could you give me more time? Mm-hmm. I, I would just appreciate that. And the teacher may say, no, I understand that. So then you teach them how to deal with various teaching personalities. Sure. Because <laughs> so. you'll face it. Have you found any challenges yet? Your, your son is young yet, but as he comes home from school, is there any challenges that you're seeing that you need to? Um, you know, as we... As he goes down there, it's trying to figure out like what, like his learning process, 
you know, because it's like, oh, you know, what'd you do at school today? Well, you know, what'd you learn? Well, we had recess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. It's like, wow, that starts young. <laughs> yeah. yep. That was the highlight of the day. You know, and then we had gym. Okay. What did you do in class? You know, so you got to kind of tease him and draw him out and kind of see what, what he learned. And, and as parents, it's, it's a process because we're learning how to be, you know, active in his education process. You know, that way we can engage with the things that he's learning because we, we, we know that sending him to school, he's going to learn things that, that we believe aren't true. Right. And so we want to make sure that we help him understand that and understand how do you, how does he then decipher between this is something true and this is something that isn't. Yeah. Um, how, how do you teach him to show respect with somebody who teaches something other than what you believe? You know, I think it goes back to the relational things, okay. you know, and I think it, it's biblical in the sense of, you know, we, we do it very simplistically, you know, I mean, we, we go to the Bible and show Jesus, stories of Jesus, and, you know, look at Jesus. He hung out with this tax collector, and then we try to explain what a tax collector did, and, and you know, he saw, that does that person seem nice? Well, not really, but did Jesus treat him the same way, even right. though he disagreed with what they did? Well, yeah, well, that's what we have to do ourselves. And so we try to bring it down to their level. I mean, my oldest son is six, right? and so you try to take the concepts you know, because it's the principle behind it. And we've talked a lot about that on this show, yeah. you know, is, is the principles are what matter. Um, and so we're trying to, to teach him that principle. Um, well, you know what? As, as I go through life, I keep saying, if you can teach an eight-year-old, you can teach anybody. Yeah. Oh, totally. So what you want to do is focus on what am I teaching? For example, um, if I'm reading a Bible story to your oldest, uh, six years old. Yeah. If I'm teaching a Bible story to a six-year-old, I'm going to go to like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. All right. Now, the only thing I want to talk to him about necessarily is, do you know the king was evil? Mm -hmm. I want him to say yes somehow. Yeah. Now, let's look at how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego treated the king. Yeah. So you don't have to say much more after that. It's like, let's just examine that one aspect. How does somebody who's not evil... Yeah. who's doing what God tells them to do, who's taking a stand for what's right. How do they treat somebody mm -hmm. who's in authority? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, with what's going on in our country, in Washington, D.C., people are not learning to respect people who disagree with them. Yeah, the whole level of respect has gone out the window. It has. I mean, did you watch any of the... Pre this is um, obviously a time where Donald Trump is president at this recording, and he just uh, did his State of the Union the night before he got uh, acquitted on an impeachment charge. Yeah. And and the display that happened in that chamber. Yeah. Absolutely appalled me. Yeah. Now, mainly because of the respect issue. Right. Um, yeah, I could picture kids from now on seeing a test they don't like standing up and ripping it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Because we had the person in our country who's third in line yeah. to the president do that in public because they disagreed with it. Right. So I think that those moments, by the way, are moments to talk to your kids about if they're old enough. I don't think a six-year-old should care at this point. But it is those moments where you say, you know, that was inappropriate. It's important not for us to show anger towards those people, but to show how do you respectfully disagree with them. And in our system, what I, what I get to do is I get to vote people out of office. Yeah. Or I get to vote for somebody else. That's how we do it respectfully. Yeah. And I can disagree with them, but uh, you know, some of the people are not in our district. We're not going to vote for them. Hey, you know, we can't do anything, so we just need to pray. 
um, that God would continue to convict them or something. But uh, having temper tantrums doesn't solve anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything in our society is going that way. Look at if you disagree with someone on Facebook. Right. Or whatever social media platform you use. It gets messy. And that's the unfortunate thing is we've lost the ability to agree to disagree. Right. Um, You know, because with that phrase, you know, there's a respect thing. It's like, you know what? I realize that no matter what I say, no matter what you you say, we're just going to be disagreed on this. So let's just leave it and focus on other things. Whereas nowadays, it almost feels like if you disagree, it equals hatred. Yep. Um, Which is unfortunate because that's, you know, often in many cases, not true. Now, in some cases, it might be. Um, but it's just like, you know what, if somebody disagrees with you, you know, do it respectfully yeah. because it's going to happen. And so the, un- I mean, like you said, the unfortunate thing that that showed to the next generation is it's okay to totally, you know, yep, do whatever you want, you Absolutely. know? And I get like, you know, people have been saying, well, it's a first amendment, right? This, yeah. But so is, I mean, there's just a natural human respect that we're talking about. Absolutely. And, and in life, that's really hard sometimes to show because you think if you show respect, you agree with the person. Right. But that's not true. And, and that's not true in any area of life. Yeah. So uh, what's your favorite food? Do you have one? I love pizza. Okay. So if someone didn't like pizza, they could disagree with you on the favorite food. Right. You could still go out to eat. You could still enjoy each other. Yeah. My wife isn't a fan of pizza. We still get along. Yeah. See, there (laughs) you go. And it's fine. There you go. And I I think, you know, when very insecure people have to have people around them that agree with them. Yeah. You don't need to agree because on most issues, it doesn't matter. Mm Mm-hmm. You're just trying to build a coalition all the time. So your kids need to see that. Yeah. Um, people who have really affected culture and society through the years are those who actually can be independent and respectful and still have a lot of relationships even outside their own belief system. Yeah. Because it's a lot harder to garner respect from those who disagree with you than those who agree with you. Yeah. So those who are in that position, you need to tip your hat to them and look at how they're doing it. Because, um, and some of it is realizing, I think, that you know, we're not God, that God's working in hearts. And here's what I understand today. Yeah. And I'm going to live in the context of that. Uh, being able to honestly talk to my kids about it. I mean, I can honestly talk to my children. My children are older, uh, and they have political views of their own. Yeah. But I can honestly talk to them about what's going on in Washington. We can actually disagree on some things. Mm-hmm. We're still fine. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, I don't have to have you agree to be in my home. In fact, probably at Thanksgiving or Christmas, we're not going to discuss politics anyway. Yeah. I really don't want to. Right. There's nothing there to discuss for me. And so let's stay away from it and let's talk about how we cross-country ski instead. There you go. You know, or something that we can do as a family together and focus on. Otherwise, you're trying to convince people that you're right all the time. Mm-hmm. I think if you're trying to convince people you're right, you're probably not. Hmm. Um, because if you are right, just live that way. And in right. time, it'll prove itself. Mm-hmm. And if you're wrong in time, it'll prove itself. So it's not like you have to convince anybody. Right. And the, and even when it comes to politics, it, it's the sort of thing where you you actually really don't even need to express your opinions. You right. know, I mean, yes, you have a, as a citizen, you have a responsibility to vote and, and all that sort of stuff, but it's not like you need to go wave it on a banner and all your social media accounts. Right. You know, I think sometimes we try to poke the bear a little bit too. Oh, I, well, absolutely. You know. <laughs> 
Um, and I don't think that helps. But but I think the simple principle of being able to to still enjoy somebody and disagree with them is is, is something that we could practice on a daily basis because we need to do it more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually think the Speaker of the House had a, had a perfect opportunity to show civility. Yeah. To show the world how you disagree with somebody 100%. Yeah. And still respect the office and respect the person and respect the family and respect the ideas that were thrown out there. There were a lot of ideas that were very respectful that were thrown out, helping yeah. people and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and still disagree 100%. Now, that would have been far more effective to the schools of our nation. Yeah. If our speaker would have decided to take the high road instead of the low road. And she might say, well, you know, he took the low road. But think about how we would treat our own family when they say that. Well, he hit me first, so I decked him. Right. We're not teaching that to anybody. Mm -hmm. So why are we doing that in Washington? Right. Um, Maybe we need to help our kids understand that they need to maybe figure out a way to go into politics themselves and change the system or something. I have no idea because I don't know the answer. The people that I know that could actually change the system don't ever want anything to do with it. Yeah. And that shows you the system is somewhat broken. (laughs) That's an understatement. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because there are people, I think, that could actually go to Washington and fix it. Right. Absolutely. Um, And I think when you look at, this is not a political statement, but Donald Trump has never been a politician. Yeah. And he just disrupted all the politicians. Yeah. That's why businessmen generally, businesswomen, don't want to go work in the government. Yeah. Because they act like business people, and business people act different than politicians. Mm -hmm. They will always poke the bear. Right. I mean, that's how they got to where they're at. Not necessarily, I'm not saying I agree with him or disagree with him either. I'm just saying, you know what? He's a business guy who doesn't fit. Yeah. And um, and so a lot of people are mad at him because he's acting like he's only like he owns the country. Mm-hmm. But business guys do that. I mean, yeah. you look at any successful business person, and they have a certain personality that shows ownership. Yeah, uh, you can't take that quality away from somebody. If you do, then why are they president? Right. I mean, they have to act like a president anyway. I, I, I'm I'm wondering. So you've got young kids. Do you intentionally? How do you show them that you respect people you disagree with? I mean, that's how do you do that? You know, I I think it's just something that you can even display on a regular basis, you know, because there's people that we interact with and, you know, whether it's in school, whether it's, you know, as you're around with people, as they see things on media and different stuff, it's the way that you teach them how to respond um, and how you love people. Um, right. because it, it, we've talked about it in different episodes, everything comes back to relationships and that has to be the core of everything. And so the more that you can highlight the relationship behind it and say, you know what, we may disagree with this person, but that doesn't mean that, that we can't get along with them, right. that we can't interact with them. And I think that just simply starts. And then as they get older, I mean, you can explain it more and, and that's where the rubber meets the road, but, yeah. um, it's okay to, to do that. You know, and maybe it starts with very simple, non-important things. Yeah. Like, you're a Bear fan, I'm a Packer fan. Right. And maybe that's where it starts, where right. where you're not hating each other. Oh, totally. And, and yelling at each other. Right. And trying to make fun of each other all the time. Right. And I think it, it's important, too, like, with that, you know, to even, because it's so easy to be sarcastic. Right. 
And so I think even as even in our culture where sarcasm tends to to probably reign a little bit more than it should, to to be truthful in those, you know, because we we go back and forth on the show. If you listen to the show quite a bit, we go back and forth with that one. And I think that's a great example. Yeah. But even being able to show my sons, like you know, hey, it doesn't matter what team you grew up. You know, you could poke the bear, but at the end of the day, you can get along with it. And the same goes with even more issues. Your wife's not a bear fan. You know, she's not. She's a Packer fan. There you go. So uh, it it works. Actually, she's not really a football fan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but <laughs> I know. I just thought I'd throw that in there and try and make it bigger than it was. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, the bottom line really is though. I, what I've learned through the years is is if you can be honest in things. So here I am. I root for the Packers. Uh, I grew up in Chicago, which some Chicagoans find it totally appalling that that I switch from the Bears to the Packers. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know what, if you want me to be a Bear fan, I can switch back. I, it, it isn't that important to me. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, I think you can get together with someone who thinks differently and actually rationally talk it through. It's yeah. like, okay, so for this year, the Bears weren't that good. I'm sorry. No. And, and the whole city's trying to figure out why. And, the, they're, and they're, I would say the Packers weren't that good even though they made it to the playoffs. And if, <laughs> and if you've heard me talk, I've said the same thing. It's like, I don't know how these guys win the way they're playing. Right, and it showed in their last game. It did. Yeah. So they have some issues to deal with. Bears have some issues to deal with. If you're just going by a record, yeah, we had a pretty good year. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what happens next year. You know, I mean, the thing is— Now the, you're starting to sound like a Bear fan. Well, <laughs> I know. But what happened was the year before, the Bears looked like they were going to just slaughter everybody the next year. Right, right. And then they come up with this season that they had this year. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. the The whole point is, there's some honesty there, so it's not, it's not like I am looking for a way to bother the Bear fans or the Viking fans. I'm not looking for that. Um, that doesn't mean I'm not a Packer fan. You know, I'd like to see them do well. I'd like to see them win. Yeah, I root for them when they play the Bears. I root for them when they play the Vikings. Yeah. If the Vikings won it all, I'd be very happy for the Vikings and the Kirk Cousins. In fact. Um, years ago, it was kind of funny. There was a guy up here, and um, the, it was the year the Bears were in the Super Bowl, 1980 or something. When they won the Super Not, Bowl? Yeah, or in 85. The Super it was 85 when they won. Yeah, the 85-86 season. Okay, so yeah. in, in that season, they were going, and, and he said, so who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? I said, the other Bears. He goes, you can't. You, you haven't rooted for them all season. And he started yelling at me. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? That That's absolutely nuts. Yeah. He goes, you can't start rooting for him. I said, you know what? Let me... The truth is, they're in our division, and if one of our division teams goes to the Super Bowl, I'm rooting for them. Right. That's all. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like during the season, if if the Packers were in there, I'd be for the Packers to be in the Super Bowl now. Yeah. But I'll never forget the hatred. Right. The anger, and I'm going, who taught you this? And it's just a game. It is. And, and who, I'm sure I'm upsetting people by just saying it's just a it game. It is just but a it game. It is just a game, you know. And who taught you to do this? Yeah. I think we need to be intentional in our families to be able to say, you know what, I disagree with this person, and we're good friends. We're going to go fishing. Yeah. I disagree with this person, but we're going to spend some time together. We're going to, you know, whatever it might be, it, it doesn't have to be that you agree with everything. Right. But that's a demonstrated thing to your children. And if they always hear you behind closed doors just beating people up, because you disagree with them, they're going to end up realizing how to be hypocritical right. to it themselves. And the key thing then is if the relationship is still there, the other person will see that even though you're disagreeing with them, you're not hating them. Right. You know, because that's always the hot topic. It's like, well, if you disagree with hate, with hate, you know, but the core is the relational side. They're going to catch that. You and they're going to see it. that if you, they're going to see like that's the, that's the breaking point. 
Right. You know, and so that's the key. If you disagree with somebody, don't allow it to change the way that you interact with them. Right. You know, um, and so, I mean, I've, we're out of time as usual as we as we get into it. But, uh, you know, if you heard this podcast and want to check it out, head over to Relate365.com. You can check out this one, other ones, and, you know, continue to join us as we talk about these topics. Thank you for joining us. This is Jason Dave here on Younger and Older. Take care. Bye-bye.